This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Friday, February 9th, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. Students at Keokuk High School will soon be able to enroll in agriculture classes and join an FFA chapter. Tri-States Public Radio's Will Buss reports. Principal Nathan Harrison says adding ag classes and an FFA chapter follows a recent survey of the high school students. They showed a high interest in agriculture. Harrison says students will be able to take classes in plant science, animal science, and agribusiness. So adding the agriculture is going to be great um, because it's going to just kind of open up a whole new window of opportunity for a lot of our kids. Harrison says other schools in the region already have ag and FFA programs, so this will allow Keokuk students to have the same opportunities. The new ag courses and FFA chapter will be provided beginning in the next school year. I'm Will Buss. A union representing 3,800 Illinois Department of Transportation workers has voted overwhelmingly to authorize a strike. Teamsters Joint Council 25 says their last contract with IDOT expired in July, and negotiations over the last several months have not led to a new agreement. Union members say state infrastructure budgets are large enough to pay them fair wages and to keep their preferred health insurer. Even though 95% of union members voted to authorize a strike, one is not currently planned. The Illinois-based think tank Every Library Institute and editorial site Book Riot conducted a survey to learn what parents across the U.S. think of school libraries. Every Library Director John Kraska says the survey shows that although parents trust school librarians to make responsible decisions regarding book titles, they are more comfortable with certain topics than others. Parents across the country are much more comfortable talking about books that have puberty and sex education as a theme or social justice as a theme rather than a book that would specifically be about an LGBTQ plus character or author. He says it can be difficult for some parents to discuss sexual orientation with their kids. Kraska hopes the survey's information will help policymakers and schools make decisions about book access for students. Illinois prison officials are standing by their recent decision to award a new $4 billion contract to Wexford Health Services. The company has been providing health care in state prisons. A new report filed in federal court describes preventable deaths, poor care, and neglect in those prisons. A corrections spokesperson says Wexford submitted the best bid and they're negotiating with the company to improve medical care. Iowans who get sick from pesticides would have a harder time suing manufacturers under a bill that advanced in the Iowa House. Craig Michaud is a lobbyist for Bayer, the pharmaceutical and chemical company that proposed the bill. Bayer produces the weed killer Roundup in Muscatine. It's commonly used on corn and soybean crops across Iowa. And that brings us to why we're here today. Uh, Roundup and its active ingredient glyphosate have been subject to litigation and significant media attention for the past several years. The bill says manufacturers cannot be held liable for failing to alert people of potential risks as long as their pesticides have a federally approved warning label. Michaud says the bill won't eliminate lawsuits altogether. He also claims scientific studies have not found that Roundup causes cancer. 
Lawyers who represent farmers with cancer and Parkinson's disease say the bill would effectively cut off their ability to seek justice. Republicans who voted for it say it needs amendments. A bill that would allow city councils to strip library boards of their power without letting residents decide on changes at the ballot box is advancing in the Iowa House. Iowa Public Radio's Katerina Sostarik reports. Library directors and board members from across Iowa spoke out against the bill at the State House Thursday. They say the legislature should leave the current law in place, which requires any big proposed changes to library boards to be put to a vote of city residents. Wade Dooley, who chairs the library board in Albion, called the bill a train wreck. It opens up all sorts of possibilities for very disastrous consequences if you get an activist city council that starts seesawing on what they believe for a library to be or not be. Our city council has barely any training to be a city council. Now you also want them to run a library? I'm sorry, but that's not a good idea. This bill should be squashed. Republican Representative Carter Nordman of Panora advanced the bill. He says he's heard from city council members who want more direct control over spending and personnel decisions at libraries. I'm Katerina Sestarek, IPR News. The Macomb Police Department and Western Illinois University are each receiving a $25,000 state grant. The money comes through the Healing Illinois program, which funds projects that support racial healing and racial equity. The department and university will collaborate on an inclusivity training initiative. In our feature for today, a State of Illinois scholarship that sent thousands of students to private schools over the last five years is coming to an end this June. It's left the families that relied on it worried about paying higher tuition costs come fall and people divided over taxpayer support for private schools. WBEZ's Anna Savchenko visited St. Francis of Rome, a Catholic school in the Chicago suburbs that has been deeply affected by the cuts. Jasmine de la Mora's two daughters used to go to public schools. But I did not like it. She didn't like the large class sizes or the environment there. So I decided to bring them to St. Francis of Rome. They both went on to attend Catholic high schools, and now de la Mora's eldest, the Aileen, is a freshman at Loyola University, Chicago. I mean, she loves it, and she says that it's thanks to her education that she received at St. Francis of Rome. Della Mora says she wouldn't have been able to afford her daughter's tuition without the help of investing kids. It's a scholarship program that gave students up to $13,000 in tuition aid. The money came from Illinois residents who donated to scholarship funds and got a 75% tax credit in return. Over the last five years, the programs cut Della Mora's tuition bills by thousands. And this year, it is also helping her shoulder her son's tuition, who's a second grader at St. Francis. Which is why the news of lawmakers not renewing the program last November felt like a rug was being pulled from underneath her. I have a stable job and I'm going to be affected financially because the cost of um, schools, like other Catholic schools, are like very elevated. So um, I still don't know what I'm going to do. Then, January brought more bad news. St. Francis would close come summer. People, they they literally gasped um, because this was just not what anyone expected. That's Philip Jackson, the school principal. He, too, was stunned by the news. But there were red flags long before the Investing Kids program ended. Enrollment at St. Francis has been declining, and for decades, low-enrollment Catholic schools have been closing. 
The Catholic school system has pinned the school's closure on the end of the scholarship program, which some say is a PR stunt. Jackson acknowledges that St. Francis had a several hundred thousand dollar budget deficit for years. Still, he insists the loss of funding from investing kids delivered the final blow. It is one piece, um, but it's the piece that shoved, shoved us off the cliff. Now, he says, it's leaving working-class parents and parents of color scrambling, all because of politics. But critics aren't as sympathetic. The, the program Investing Kids was supposed to sunset, so they should have been preparing for um, the sunset. Al Lorenz is the president of the Illinois Education Association. He points out the legislation creating investing kids had an expiration date. And if you ask him, he will tell you the $75 million program should never have existed, not while the majority of public schools in Illinois remain underfunded. Until you bring the public schools up to, you know, an adequate level of funding, I think it's unconscionable to divert money away. But Delamora doesn't see it that way. She just can't fathom the thought of not being able to give her youngest the opportunities she gave her eldest. She's a social worker who spends her days helping others solve their problems. But she can't find a way to get her son the education she thinks he really needs without the extra help of a scholarship. That's why it's kind of disappointing because I help other people and I see how people live in poverty. And now that I need the help, I feel like my hands are tied. Like, I can't help myself. The help she needs may still come from Springfield, where a handful of lawmakers will push to revive the program this spring. The new bill could extend the tax credit scholarships for five more years, though with some concessions to critics. On the Savchenko WBEZ News. In the weather for our listening area for today, it should be mostly sunny with a high in the low 60s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour may turn to the northwest this afternoon. There's a chance of rain tonight, mainly before 1 a.m. Otherwise, it will be partly cloudy with a low in the low 30s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.